If you want to increase your muscle mass, then you need protein. If you want to renew your tissues, then you need proteins. If you want to have better immune system, then you need protein. But how much do we actually need? Proteins are the basis for all tissues. And there is currently an infinite debate of how much protein we need and how much to consume per day. But this is why in this video, we're going to see how much protein we need, depending on your body type, your objectives, and how can you learn to apply this all on your own in whichever diet you're doing. Welcome to Let's Talk Health Podcast, where you will find the secret nuggets on how to stay healthy in an orthodox way. Here's your host, Ramiro Briseño. There are lots of different kinds of diets, Atkins, paleo diet, ketogenic diet. Historically speaking, there's been lots of examples of many different diets, such as diets high in protein that have been placed on pedestals as the miraculous types of diets that will cure all the health problems. The reality is that no such thing exists, but one thing is true. If we consume a higher amount of protein, that will increase our metabolism. And if we compare that to someone who has a no diet and consumes lots of refined carbohydrates, then of course there will be a result. But one model fits all. It's not as simple as it sounds because while, while one person might have a fast metabolism, the other individual might have a slower one. Therefore, it would not make sense to have an individual that's 50 pounds overweight, 65 years of age, versus a girl who is 25 years old with no overweight and pregnant. While there might not be an ideal diet, we all need to consume proteins. This is why the most recurrent question is, how much protein do I actually need to consume per day and what kind of protein? On average, the most common answer has been one gram per one kilogram of body weight per day. This amount would keep my weight balanced and prevent me from gaining weight. This means that if I weigh 75 kilograms and I want to maintain my weight, I would need to consume about 75 grams of protein per day. To consume that amount of protein, I would need to consume more than 10 eggs per day, almost a pound of salmon or 300 grams of meat per day. This is a crazy amount of food and no one would actually would recommend you to consume 300 eggs per month. This shows that asking the question of how much protein to consume is not just a matter of how much, but where am I actually gonna get this amount of protein? And the amount of protein goes even higher with people that are looking to increase their muscle mass. These people, instead of consuming one gram, they consume somewhere around 1.5 to two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Now we're talking instead of consuming 75 grams of protein per day for an individual that weighs 75 kilograms, he's now consuming somewhere between 112 and 150 grams of protein per day because he wants to increase muscle mass. But we're also going to see why long periods of excessive protein consumption is not such a good idea. Okay, now you have had consumed a piece of chicken or beef, now we need to absorb it. How much protein do we actually absorb from these meals? Well, this varies a lot because it depends a lot on the health of your digestive system. This main process of our body that digests these proteins depend on your stomach, which through the hydrochloric acid, it breaks down the food short after inside the small intestine, enzymes from the pancreas are released to help you finish digesting those proteins. Once the proteins are broken down into amino acids, we can absorb them and utilize them to build new tissues 
So it's just new muscle. Now this process assumes that you are an individual consuming protein and you're healthy, meaning that there is no issues in your digestive system. However, if an individual has a problem not producing enough hydrochloric acid, the amount of protein that gets broken down into amino acids is going to be a lot smaller than a healthy individual. The obvious answer would be to help the body to restore the levels of hydrochloric acid and then work and increase the amount of protein consumption. Otherwise, it would be necessary to increase the amount of protein to adjust for the amount that doesn't get absorbed. Probably now you're wondering, how can I find out if I produce enough hydrochloric acid? Well, the most common symptoms are going to be indigestion, more gases, and a higher amount of bacteria growing in the small intestine. And that's just because gastric juices prevent the overgrowth of bacteria. So if I have low levels of acid, bacteria grows more, and this is just reflected as more burps, more acid reflux, but it's simple fix. This is where drinking unfiltered organic apple cider vinegar comes in handy. On the other hand, consuming digestive enzymes is also a good thing as well because they accelerate the digestive process. Whenever we don't have enough digestive enzymes, it becomes really difficult to cut the chains of proteins into smaller ones and the digestion process will happen a lot slower. These enzymes will accelerate the process literally hundreds of times. Enzymes are necessary for all kinds of food, such as digesting carbohydrates, fats, and of course, proteins. The less digestive enzymes that I have, the slower my digestive system becomes, and the more protein I will need in order to acquire the, the amount that I need. Now that we've absorbed the protein, do we actually utilize them all the same way? But when it comes to understanding our body, there is something that is key, and that is that our body always needs to conserve energy, and it's always going to try to do that. This conservation of energy is always going to happen unless there is a stimulus to justify the expenditure of this energy. For example, if you're attending a gym every single day and you're trying to heal or trying to heal from an injury, then the demand for protein is going to be a lot higher because we will need to build new tissue than for a person that is actually sitting on the couch all day. And while it may be obvious, it is important for two reasons. First, because the demand for protein is related to the lifestyle. If you're exercising daily, then you will need more protein to repair those tissues. This implies that depending on the level of activity, it is directly proportional to the amount of protein that you will need to consume. Now, if I have a poor digestion, it would mean that proteins become harder to digest and absorb. And if on top of this, I don't need them because I don't exercise, then my body will begin to accumulate them. They will begin to accumulate in the colon and in other areas. The second reason has to do with the differences between amino acids and proteins. If you didn't know, proteins that we, the proteins that we consume are not absorbed as a whole, meaning that whenever we eat a piece of meat, the protein does not go straight into the area where it's needed. Instead, these proteins need to be broken down into amino acids, and then our body will use those to build the necessary tissue. Therefore, our body will always need to break down those proteins to be able to absorb them and make use of them. If you see my video on amino acids, this is why I would recommend to utilize amino acids and not protein. So whenever we consume essential amino acids, we can accomplish two things. 
First, that we met all the quota of essential amino acids that our body is not producing. This is why they're called essential, and this is why we need to consume them either by food or as a supplement. Second, and this is where you can actually see the biggest difference, and that is that whenever we consume amino acids instead of proteins, the amount that we can absorb is a lot higher. Think of it like this. Whenever you consume protein in the form of meat, you can estimate around 33% absorption of the protein of that piece of meat. On top of it, this can be greatly diminished if your digestive system is not working properly. However, with essential amino acids, we don't have that problem because they are already broken down and the absorption rate can go up to 90% and be absorbed within 20 to 30 minutes, making them available a lot faster. Another great quality of consuming amino acids instead of protein is that it helps you build tissue a lot faster. There are so many great benefits about consuming amino acids. And I just want to mention one last one, and that is that it will help you maintain stable levels of energy. And this is because amino acids are also necessary to build neurotransmitters, which are necessary to sustain the mental workload. Now, what is the difference between animal protein and vegetable protein? Over the years, there's been a huge debate, people claiming to be absolutely right when it comes to which source is the best. But most of the times these people have become really biased and actually forgot about the cons. And that could be someone claiming that animal protein is better and another one saying that vegetable protein is better. When it comes to vegetable proteins, these don't have all the essential amino acids. They are actually deficient on methionine, tryptophan, leucine, and isoleucine which are key to produce new muscle. And in the case of tryptophan, this is necessary for serotonin, which is essential for a good mood. The deficits from vegetable protein can be compensated by either incorporating essential amino acids or simply consuming animal protein. Now with respect to animal protein, the high increment of cancer that's been linked to meat consumption is actually due to the consumption of processed meats, which is completely different this index greatly reduces when people consume grass-fed beef and even more when people consume wild-caught fish and even eggs. These minor issues are actually quite easy to fix and they allow you not to restrict yourself from consuming good quality protein. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, simply consuming or adding essential amino acids to your diet will give you those great benefits. And if you're not, you can consume both kinds of protein, prioritizing fish and eggs and avoiding meats. Now, what is the research telling us about the daily consumption of protein? Many peer-reviewed journals and research papers have determined that 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram per day is the best quantity of protein intake, even when looking to gain more muscle mass or even more muscle definition. And there is really no point in exceeding that amount given that there is no added benefit of consuming more than the daily amount. In the case of a person that weighs 75 kilograms, it means that it would be consuming about 60 grams of protein daily, which is a lot more simple to consume than 120 to 150 grams per day. On several studies done of, on bodybuilders, they showed that there was no muscle gain difference whenever they consume 0.8 grams versus consuming 1.2 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight, 
showing us again that there was no added benefit for a higher amount of protein consumption. There was no difference in strength or muscle mass. However, for the people that consume an excess of protein, has a risk of developing kidney problems or even dehydration. The deal amount of protein consumption that's adjusted to the average amount of nitrogen is actually 0.75 grams per kilogram per day. And you can simply do this calculation by taking your weight in kilograms and multiplying that by 0.75 grams. That amount is going to give you an average amount of protein that you should be consuming per day. And if you have a high metabolism, it will mean that you are going to be able to digest things a lot faster, to which you will need to consume a bit higher amount of protein per day. And the opposite is true for a person who is overweight and with a slow metabolism. One of the biggest errors that we as humans can make is to think that we know enough about a subject to think that we're right, but not enough to know that we are wrong. And this applies to nutrition and to learning how to eat better. And nowadays, this is becoming even more important. And if this is requested by you guys, I will put together a course where all this information is going to be available in a very simple way to utilize it in your everyday life. In the meantime, if you found this video helpful, please hit the like button, leave us a comment, and let us know what else you'd like us to cover. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss a video. See you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Health Podcast. For more resources from Ramiro or to join our wonderful community, you can follow the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and share with your friends.